Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. When you work in a place like New York City, I'm down here at Ground Zero. When you see all of the people coming and going. I saw a guy pushing um, a cart. A flat cart with crates of eggs. When you think about what it takes to feed a city like this. Grocery stores, restaurants, takeout, the coffee, I mean the carts, the hot dog carts. It would be hard to imagine all of this just going away. And for a lot of people during COVID, it did. And what I'm getting at is it's not that hard to upend a city like Kiev or Mariupol or wherever. That most people are not farming. And certainly most people are not sitting on piles, stockpiles of freeze-dried food. Some of you are. I know I am. You know, we've had sponsors like My Patriot Supply over the years. I've got about six months worth of food for my family. Freeze-dried food in the sealed buckets, backpack meals. I've got them in an order. I've got the canned goods that we keep in the pantry, a special pantry. Then we've got the backpack meals. Then we've got the long-term storage stuff. But even, even if there was a disruption in the supply chain, you know, we're a family of five. That would mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. Try to imagine that affecting millions of people all at once. It's hard. It's hard to imagine what would happen. And Americans, even, even the ones that lash out at the free market, deep down inside, love the free market. Our disruptions versus other people's disruptions are two different universes. Right? We get upset when... Starbucks runs out of pumpkin spice. You know, a food shortage to us means either a price increase or certain items are just not in supply. But you'd be hard-pressed to find a part of this country. And even when they talk about food deserts in low-income inner-city neighborhoods, you'd be hard-pressed to find a place where food is not available on some level. We have a million logistic chains all going at once. From your grocery stores down to your mom-and-pop bodegas. From fast food to fine restaurants. I mean, really, there's something to eat somewhere. And if you're in a part of the country without that, you've probably got a deer rifle and a lay-down freezer. But in most parts of the world, they don't have what we have. And a disruption like this is tragic. There are children right now that are not getting enough to eat. There are elderly people that can't get their medicine. This is, see, this is, you want to know why I haven't been talking? Because a lot of what I'm saying to you, I'm not solving any problems with that. What's there to debate there? It's terrible. This is tragic. The Ukrainian people did not do a damned thing to deserve what is happening to them. Their bravery in the face of all of this has been amazing, but they shouldn't have had to bring it to bear. They should be able to live in peace. And there's proof now that they can't. And they won't for a long time. On, on, a, on, a, on a small note, and maybe there's one thing I can add. I, you know, I see a lot of people that are like, well, no, now they're poisoning Russian soldiers. You don't get to invade a country, a peaceful country, with peaceful leadership. 
And I'm being specific there as to make sure that I, I, I carve around the edges of the United States invasion of Iraq. They did not have a peaceful country, and they did not have a peaceful leader. Same thing for Afghanistan. This was not a peaceful place that was just wishing to exist. That's not what Iraq was when the United States invaded. And the United States, unlike the Russian military, made best efforts to ensure the safety of the civilian population and the security of the civilian population. And a a, a death amongst the civilians, although maybe written off by some as collateral damage, is tragic. And we as Americans feel it's tragic. I've never met somebody in our military who's like, yeah, there was some dead civilians. What are you going to do? I mean, it does happen. But that's enough to cause PTSD in some of our military members, knowing they may have been somewhere where an innocent life was taken. Our military is not strong simply because it has the biggest, you know, the biggest budget and the best equipment and the terrain to train on for all environments and the different levels and layers and branches of service. It is an amazing thing because of the heart of every single person who serves in it. And I'm not just trying to honey mouth and say nice things, you know, jingoistically. Americans, when we saw Abu Ghraib, Americans were shocked at that. Even though you're dealing with a terrorist, an insurgent. I have never met a veteran who didn't believe in that G.K. Chesterton principle, even if they've never heard of it. And that is... The true warrior fights not because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what's behind him. Americans don't join the military to kill. Training to kill and wanting to kill are two different things. Training for self-defense and wanting to hurt someone are two different things. Americans Americans train to fight so they don't have to, whether it's civilians, law enforcement, or the military. There's no glory in killing civilians. And when we see what we see now in Ukraine, it horrifies us. But there's little we can do. We can provide weapons. We can provide support, I guess. It should be making you love this country even more and recognizing that we need leadership that isn't just there to elbow shine the nameplates on their door and have bragging rights and then eat first from the trough. You know, I think what united a lot of conservatives that were against getting involved in Ukraine is that our leadership is just so damn bad right now. And if you want, I'm going to play you something. I found this. And I was shocked when I watched it. You know, the, the, the Democrats get very upset if you question Joe Biden's mental fitness. Here he is back in 1992 after a debate between Clinton, Perot, and Bush claiming Bush was out of it. Cut five. Senator Biden. Uh Uh-oh, how are you? Skip Lumberg from uh, the 90s. Hey, Skip, Uh, how are you? Nice to see you. How are you doing? Good. Good. 
So uh, you saw anyone up there yourself? Or you oh, I couldn't have done as well as Clinton by a long shot. He did a first-rate job tonight. I think if someone had been uh, had amnesia the last four years and came back and tuned this in, they'd assume it was a two-person race, Clinton and Perot. I mean, uh, I was dumbfounded. The president, he wasn't even in it. I mean, he never, he didn't get it. Doesn't understand. What's the on? big difference? What's the fundamental difference is you got a guy who still is stuck in the past in everything. I mean, you know, uh, what skills he had as a leader in the Cold War are irrelevant. Here's a guy saying, keep 150,000 troops in Europe, but don't go near Bosnia. Well, what the hell are they for? I mean, there's no, you know, there's no Soviet Union. There's no threat. Um, I happen to believe we should keep troops in Europe. I think 100,000 is more than enough for pre-positioning purposes. But, I mean, he has no clue. And I thought the best one was trying to convince the American people not an economic problem. Yeah, right. Oh, that was that good. Was rich, right? That was real good. I like that. We gotta go. So, you know, with all these surrogates here, is this what the new Clinton administration is going to look like? Oh, I'm going to be chairman of the Judiciary Committee, helping put through three or four really sound, first-rate Supreme Court justices, pray God. My God, 30 years ago. So H.W. Bush was out of it. He doesn't get it. He's living in the past. Meanwhile, Joe Biden can't tell a story that doesn't originate from 1973, from his first run for the Senate. And the lies he tells about being a truck driver or becoming from a family of coal miners or his academic pedigree or anything for that matter. Oh, the Russians aren't a threat. Wow. Is, you know, up until Donald Trump, if from, from the fall of the Soviet Union, from 1989 to 2016, Russia was this sort of nothing thing. Now, all of a sudden, it's a big deal. Oh, and, and the economic crisis, you mean the recession that happened under George H.W. Bush? Well, he doesn't know what's going on. Listen to, Obama, listen to Biden talk. Listen to, listen to Saki talk. Listen to the Democrat. We should be thanking Joe Biden. And he can't wait to get on the Judiciary Committee and confirm some new Supreme Court justices. But George H.W. Bush, he was out of it. Crazy old man with his Cold War CIA experience. Pilot during World War II. What the hell does he know? That's a gem right there from the Wayback Machine. Got to be honest, that's a gem from the Wayback Machine. And listening to Biden now, who would actually think that the world or this country or anybody would benefit from America entering a war with Russia in Ukraine? I think we know that for us, it'd be 10 times worse than if we just stayed on the sidelines and didn't put boots on the ground. I think we know that. But that should make you appreciate the America of Ronald Reagan, the America of Donald Trump, the America before 1913, before the rise of the progressives in the Democrat Party, before they started getting involved in forcing you into retirement and forcing you into the Department of Education and everything else they're forcing you to do. Now they want to brag about Obamacare. I want to brag on it. After all these years of lying about it being about single payer, Obama just admitted it. He's like, I don't, I don't have to deal with you people anymore. Hell, hell, hell yeah. It was about building universal health care. That's single payer. 
Wine Tick 695, Patriot 9572874. But yeah, I've been light on Ukraine. Because I don't see a lot more to debate. Maybe I'm missing something. You know, foreign policy. I really don't like talking about foreign policy. Because it's very, very hard to prove that your ideas work. With the economy, I mean, look, you, you, you don't need to be an oil you know, futures trader to figure out that cutting off supply raises the price. You don't need to know anything about it. You can go to the gas station. And when you listen to Democrats and the president blaming big oil, they leave out so much. Airfingers, quote, big oil doesn't determine the leasing or the royalties or whether or not a pipeline is going to get constructed or what the taxes are going to be. When they talk about the pump, the pump, the pump, most of these oil companies don't own the pump. They supply it, but they don't own it. They don't own the retail, the, 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 the end sale. That's, a, that's somebody local for the most part. Wine six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. All right, coming up. It's funny to read the New York Times. I avoided it at all cost. But this popped up this morning, and I just I I had to uh, highlight it. The headline is more evidence bolsters Durham's case against Democrat linked lawyer. Well, he's not a Democrat linked lawyer. He's a Democrat lawyer. The New York Times is still trying to create a wall of separation between Hillary Clinton and the Trump-Russia hoax. So you have a lawyer, Michael Sussman, who was working for the DNC and the Clinton campaign, who lied to the FBI that what he was bringing them, the, the alleged information, Airfingers quote, was not on behalf of a client when in fact it was. And John Durham has now dug up text messages that show he was in fact working as a, that he in fact lied about his status as a DNC lawyer. He's not a DNC linked lawyer. He's a DNC lawyer. Hunter Biden isn't linked to Joe Biden. He's his son. But the idea that there might be, there's no space. This lawyer was dispatched by the Clinton campaign to bring false information to the FBI to start the investigation of Trump. They called it Crossfire Hurricane. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. And this is just the beginning. The New York Times points out that no major political figures have been charged yet. Yet. Did you see in Colorado now you can have an abortion during labor? It's a human right. It's a human right. That's what Jared Polis says. So many things going on right now. The media has begun labeling this Moms for Liberty group dangerous because they're encouraging parents to run for school board elections. (gasps) How is that dangerous? 
if what you're proposing is not top-down authoritarian indoctrination posing as education, if you really do believe in the idea of local school boards determining uh, curriculum, then what is the danger in parents running for the school board? Or is it that really what you want is you want to control all things education, indoctrination, from Washington, D.C., and only when there's a Democrat president? We have so much to get to. one 9572874 We're going to start with some audio when we come back. Uh, oh, it was so hard to watch. Wasn't it hard to watch? Just everybody forget that Joe Biden was even there. I mean, literally, quite literally, staff, the press, everybody but Dr. Jill was just surrounding Obama to worship him once again, to just, you know, just to breathe the air that he is consuming in the room, the space he's, to breathe the air in the space that he is taking up in the room. They just forgot Biden was there. The president of the United States was wandering around like he was completely lost. It was just, it was hard to watch. It really, it really, it really was hard to watch. Wine six six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. We are right; they are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Serious XM. You can join me live on the Wilcom Majority Monday to Friday, noon to three East, nine to noon West, on Serious XM Patriot Channel one twenty five.